And welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And this week we're going to look at the uh, Mac Venture style adventure games, uh, but one for the NES, Uninvited. But before we get into that, Jeremy, what have you been playing since last time? All right, Jeremy, I have been playing Persona 5. Oh, this I, is going to be the best podcast ever. People are going to be complaining about how much I down, talk about I, Persona 5. <laughs> I finished off my my other games that I wanted to finish before I got to it and finally fired it up and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Now, now did you words. like did you like Persona 4? Yes, Persona 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Now, I admittedly I'm not very far. Um my reasons for not liking it is not because it's a, a bad game so far. I, it's it's exa- you know, it's everything Persona 4 was and more uh, in the gameplay department. But these characters, I, I'm like uh, I, I'm at the very end of the first dungeon, which means I have met the bare minimum of these characters. Um, but so far, I don't care for the main character, uh, Ryuji, uh, your 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 boy, uh, the guy friend uh, that you meet first. Uh, he's he's mildly interesting. I, I he's he's okay. He's my favorite so far. Uh, Anne, uh, the first girl character you meet, don't like her, and uh, the cat character that you meet called Morgana, the most annoying character I think I have ever seen in a video game in so long that it's actually made me stop playing a few times because when you are doing constant battles in that dungeon, Morgana is talking almost all the time and I get so tired of hearing it. I just get so tired. I can't deal with it. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm really, pushing my way through. I'm, I'm sure, you know, these characters and everything uh, will will improve over time. But first impressions, like, everyone is so miserable. Everyone hates you so much. Uh, no one likes you. You're just this this horrible person that everyone's just like, you need to do better, you know. You Don't you fuck up once, or we're sending you to jail for life, for saving this woman's life. Uh, it's it just, it's really, it's kind of put me off uh, to, to the beginning of the game and really making me want to push through until, you know, I know these things will improve. But first first impressions, I, it has not grabbed me anywhere near of what, like, Persona 4 did. I'm going to stop you there only because if we continue talking about this, it's going to be the full hour and it will probably <laughs> end in a fight. So here's what we're going to do. We'll come back to that. I want to touch base on on your thoughts on Persona 5, but we'll talk about that more towards the end of the show and I'll put up a... Probably some kind of spoiler notice because I'm sure we're going to get into things that people that haven't played it or are just starting it don't want to talk about. Um, I'm at the very end. I'm at the very, very last fight. Uh, I just have not finished that last fight, and I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So, J- Billy, what have you been playing <laughs> since our last episode? I'm not going to cause a stir with what I've been playing. I've been playing uh, still on that Breath of the Wild. I, I finished it up, but I, I'm going through. I'm doing all the side quests now. I, I realized I've probably only played about a quarter of the game, uh, even though I finished it technically. Uh, but I have been back huge in overwatch. Uh, it's, it's the, the anniversary month, I guess. And they are, they're throwing a bunch of skins out there. And for some reason I am determined to collect these skins in this guy. I've never put so much effort and, in, into collecting cosmetic items in a game before, but I'm right there. This is about the only thing I've been playing, uh, besides this game. We are, we are playing here and, 
you know, after the game we're playing today, put me to sleep and I woke up, I'd pop Overwatch back in and I would play it some more. So that's that's been about it for me. Well, that's a good foreshadowing of your thoughts on this week's game. Uh, <laughs> but I, I before we, we dive directly in, I do want to say I'm still very, very impressed with Shovel Knight. Uh, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, even though it's kind of like the perfect retro themed current game and they keep adding on new um new free add-ons basically and the the newest one is called specter of torment you play through the same levels uh i think they're mildly modified but basically it's the same levels you played through as the original game of shovel knight but you get to play as specter knight who has a whole different move set excellent it's an excellent game Uh, i mean you can tell that they care about what they're putting out. So for, for $15, it's the best $15 I've spent on any game, on any console, in easily 15 years. Um, so let's just skip this Persona talk before I get way too wound up and get into <laughs> this episode's game, Uninvited, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. This game is one of the Mac Venture games, so originally they were on the the Macintosh computer. It's Uninvited, uh, Deja Vu, Deja Vu 2, and Shadowgate are the games in those series. All four of those, I believe, were ported to the NES, although I don't know if Deja Vu 2 was ported to the NES in all markets. Um, But uh, I also never played that one. I definitely played a lot of Shadowrun. Did you guys play any of these games before this podcast? Yes, I played played Uninvited and Shadowrun. my very first uh, experience with these games uh, at all uh, was was seeing the uninvited box at my video store. Yes. And if you haven't seen that box, that's a box. That's an awesome video game box right there. Um, so I was instantly drawn to it. I, I looked on the back, you know, and I could really decipher what the hell was going on. It looked neat. Uh, so I rented it and uh, really... <laughs> I didn't know what to think really as a kid because it's it's very much uh, a PC adventure game of, of that time and something that really didn't come out on the NES uh, at all. Um, so that was a very different experience for me. And uh, the other one, uh, Shadowrun, uh, I was at my cousin's house in Kentucky for spring break one one year and uh, he saw the Shadowrun brought box and brought it home from the video store and he had the exact same experience that I did with Uninvited. Uh, so, um, th- that was my original experience with, with these types of games. Just a lot of not knowing what the hell I've actually put in my NES. Now, Jeremy, not to interrupt and seem like a smartass, but you keep saying Shadow Run, but you do mean Shadow Gate, correct? Because Shadow, Shadow Run is Gate, another yes, series I'm of games, sorry. which is also, no, it's fine. It's you know, fine. arguably good or bad, depending which version you're playing. Um, but this, this Shadow Gate was the one that's a lot more like this. It looks more like a traditional... Um, still image PC point-and-click adventure. Billy, have you played any of these before? I didn't play Shadowgate nor Shadowrun or uh, or, <laughs> th- or this one. Uninvited, I saw the box, and I have no clue. I can only imagine, like Jeremy, when I turned that box over, I was too baffled to pick it up because uh, the front of this box, very impressive. Uh, as a kid, this thing should have been a sale. Uh, so I'm going to assume that the back of the box dissuaded me from it but no i I was not familiar 
uh, with any of these games at all. This would be my first time playing this one. I hadn't played any of the other ones you mentioned. Uh, closest thing to something like this I played on NES was Maniac Mansion, I mean, that which, you know, loosely is, is similar to this one. It, it is similar. I guess if you'd only owned an NES, didn't have a computer up to now, that's, mm-hmm. that's the closest mm-hmm. comparison you're going to get. Uh, yeah. Because Maniac Mansion, you did get to move your character on the screen, and it... It was more of a traditional video game looking, you know, console mm-hmm. game looking game. Where this is definitely a PC point and click adventure. There's there's a still image in each room you go to. Uh, it's it's essentially giving those those classic Infocom games like Zork uh, kind of an extra layer by having an image, so you can mm-hmm. see some things without having to have them either obviously pointed out in the text, or have you look for things that you'd never think to look for uh, because Infocom games are insane. Uh, this is at least you know if you're if you're in a room and you can anything you need is visible. If there's a you know a, a safe in the room, you can see a safe in the room. If there's a, a cabinet you're supposed to open, you can see that cabinet. I mean, this is a very uh, it, it makes things much easier to have an image than to go with the strict text adventures that I had played a lot of previously. I mean, th- this yeah. is the kind of game we had an Amiga, uh, and this was the kind of game I probably had thirty to forty of this style game uh, that I never finished any of, not one. Uh, <laughs> Not without cheating, at least. Um, and I don't know if I call it cheating. Uh, these games are all hard enough, much like the Infocom games, that on the actual manual that came with the game, uh, if you bought the the full version of this, you, you would get a uh, an ad that says, "Hey, if you send us five dollars and ninety five cents, which this is back in nineteen eighty nine, so that's you know that's probably about ten bucks now, right? Uh, worth of money. And, and if you're a kid with no money, that's saying, "Hey, I want you to take one fourth of the game cost you were going to save it for your next game and send in for a hint guide, and uh, and that'll help you <laughs> determine what you need to do next." To finish this game, uh, I'm going to assume that all of us looked at some sort of help to get through it. Did we all get through it? Hell no, I, we did not get through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you. Oh man, if I, I think the most amazing thing about this game was thinking back to there was a time when people got through this without help. I was on YouTube pretty quick. This is probably the quickest I had to tap out on a game, and 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 seek seek aid yeah i um when i was a kid i didn't make it very far at all um and of course i didn't have help guides or or anything back then uh this was definitely not in nintendo power as far as i know so i did not have any any help and when you hit a wall in this game that's it i mean unless you just want to go around clicking everything uh trying everything on everything that you can see in every room um you're stuck. And this time, you know, being older, I did at least get further. Um, I remember as a kid, I only went, I, I got like three or four, two or three rooms in, um, got far enough to get killed by that. That's the skeleton that's on the front of the box or the ghost that's on the front of the box. Um, but didn't get much further than that. This time I got to the point, I guess it's right before you go outside into the backyard of, of the, the house where like you find the greenhouse and things like that. Um, and I, I was basically stuck at that point. Well, this definitely, I mean, again, I've played a lot of games like this, so, uh, you know, I took a picture of this and put it on our Twitter page, uh, but, but I, I made maps of everything, and I got, I got fairly far without looking for any help, where I'd mapped out most of the game, uh, with the exception of, of, uh, there are some caves you need to go to towards the end of the game. I had not located those yet because I couldn't get to the section that they were in, uh, and I hadn't mapped out the, the very very end of the game there's a there's kind of an attic room you find that you need to go to at one point uh towards the very end and i hadn't found that as i couldn't get to it yet so i actually gotten really far as far as uh mapping everything out the, the game is not 
massively big. Um, so I guess I'm going to go back one step and try to explain this game if you've never played a PC point-and-click adventure. Every game is more or less a square, and there's doors that go to other rooms, so you'll want to map out on a piece of paper how this all ties together, uh, or else you're going to get lost very quickly, especially because on this game, instead of just having north, south, east, west commands that go to the other rooms, uh, they tried to make it a little easier. If you can see doors on the room, then it, it, there's like a little panel on the bottom left of the screen that has circles that show you exits you can take. But mm-hmm. then when you go into those exits, it's not like it contains a true north anywhere. So all the room's orientations are based on that mini-map uh, as to how you entered the room. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not necessarily... If you go into a room and it's, it's uh, you know... a, a a room you you go into the uh, west side of the room to get to the next room. You know the the other room doesn't have a door on the east side that maps maps to where you came from. The door's on the south side of the room because that's where you walking into the room. So it's it makes it, it made it for me at least very confusing at first to kind of piece together how all these rooms went together. Uh, the the exception of that is there is a maze section later that doesn't do that because I guess they realized if they did that in the maze section, everyone would have burned their game to the ground because that would have been impossible to figure out. <laughs> it was hard enough without that. Uh, it was a, it's a fairly large maze. Um, but anyway, it, you know, in order to go from room to room, you need to open doors or find keys and unlock doors, you know, or find secret entrances. It's it's definitely a game that doesn't give you anything at all to start with. In fact, the story of the game is as about as leaving you on your own as you can get. Uh, you, you wake up after a car crash. You were driving somewhere with your sister, uh, and you have a car crash because something like runs in the middle of the road. You wake up. Uh, your car is crashed into a tree. It's about to burst into flames. Your sister is missing. Uh, after you escape from the car, you're now standing in front of a weird old mansion, and you don't know what to do next, but the only thing you can do is enter, because otherwise you'll stand in one square and turn the game off. I'll tell you, the inside of that mansion looks pretty fucking new to me. Not much yeah. dust to be had anywhere. Uh, it's it's obviously being kept up. It's certainly <laughs> not a foreboding, a very foreboding atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> the game has. I've got a. I've got, I'm going to launch my a complaint early. Besides insulting it before we even began talking about it, uh, for this to be a, a a horror mystery type game of sorts. There's some pretty damn jaunty music in this game. There, there are some happy-go-lucky tunes as you're traversing this mansion. It doesn't seem to fit the theme too much in many aspects. It does have some some themes that do change that aspect, you know, to that aspect. But yeah, generally, there's a lot of music that just seems pretty laid back, pretty chill. It's a, it's you know, it's a very kind of innocent style game. You know, it's not very violent um, as far as like the visuals and stuff. It's, it's very kind of Saturday morning kids uh, as far as like the the overall tone of it, uh, especially even like the dark humor that's that's throughout. You know, you mentioned that there's not very much story, but uh, as you're going through the the text on just about everything you you click on or as you enter rooms, you know, the text is is always there t- describing the room to you, even even down to like the smell uh, or, or things like that. Uh, it, it does a very good job, I think, better than obviously the visuals, because they just it, there's it's almost impossible for them to set any sort of tone or anything like that. But the 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 text 
did a very good job of, of setting things up and mm-hmm. kind of at least giving you an idea of what it's like to be in those rooms. And, and it can be kind of creepy sometimes with that. It can be. And I was very surprised that this game was able to accomplish that. Because I mean, this far in, uh, I'm, I'm very jaded by a lot of horror type games. But yeah, but this game, it's not going to, you're going to sleep fine. Uh, the night after you play this thing but yeah while you're playing it it can it can uh, instill a little dread in you as you're going along the the text i have to uh, my hat's off to them very descriptive it adds in a lot like jeremy was saying you've got still images but the text does a very good job of kind of describing some of the the sights and sounds and whatnot of of the rooms uh yeah i mean that was definitely one of the highlights Uh, the only thing i would have to complain about the text department is sometimes when you enter and leave a room uh, it'll replay some of that text yes. for you over again. And some mm-hmm. rooms you're going to be traveling through quite a bit. And I don't need to know I'm in the fucking parlor room again. Uh, I've seen this room several times over. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's the only bad thing really about the text. Otherwise, I think it's very well done. Uh, they did their best because you're tied. You know, there was a, a definite size and, and space limitation by putting this on the NES. Uh, mm-hmm. The Macintosh versions had some longer descriptions of things. It, it definitely had the same general story, the same general feel, the same general layout. But, for example, a lot of the, the things in this that would kill you uh, were much more graphic and grisly looking on the Macintosh mm. version. They're not, mm. I mean, it's still not, you know, it's 2017. This isn't going to blow anyone's mind now. But in 1986, it was pretty pretty impressive. I, I remember playing this, uh, not this, but Shadowgate on a, on a Mac, and even that had some some definite darker tones because it was also black and white. Everything was much, much, you know, uh, that grayscale kind of has an effect that when you have bright mm-hmm. colors, it really doesn't, it's not, not, not the same thing. So I do remember that, that Shadowgate had that, and I know Uninvited did as well, just looking at some comparison shots for this. Uh, you know, for example, the, the, the skeleton that kills you that you talked about earlier, Jeremy, that's in the, the hallway in the first floor. You, mm-hmm. you know, when you first walk into a room, you start opening some doors in the hallway, and this... You know, it looks like a southern bell almost is turned around, not facing you. But you can tell that it's a ghost. And so if you stay in that room long enough and don't leave the way you came in or try to do something else or get past it, uh, open another door, for example, it, it'll turn around and grab you and kill you. But it's just a scene of like the the skeleton's face like in your face. So it's not that scary. There's a lot of those kind of deaths in the game uh, where there are things where you're confronted with an enemy. You have one or two mm-hmm. turns to do whatever it is you need to do to get rid of it. Uh, most of them are, are actually felt self-explanatory. That skeleton ghost is probably the easiest uh, because if you yeah. wander around, you'll find a closet in one of the rooms, and I think there's something called like ghost spray, and, <laughs> and you use it on the ghost, <laughs> and shockingly, it gets rid of it. Um, some of the other things you have to, to deal with by using items, not as, uh, as easily figured out, um, partly because, and this is the problem with a lot of those games, uh, th- this style of game, even Maniac Mansion really in some parts, is that you only have a very limited vocabulary. It's not a mm-hmm. text game where you can type freely what you want to do, and honestly mm-hmm. on a Nintendo that would have caused you to lose your mind. Um, but even the original Mac Venture games didn't have a typing ability. They were. It's more like Maniac Mansion where you have a series of commands at the bottom of the screen, uh, and then you move your mouse to or your your cursor, uh, which this would be much easier with a mouse, but you move your cursor with a directional pad uh, and then once you have one of those commands selected, it will affect the image on the screen. So if you go to a door, you don't just click the door and go through the door. You have to click open and then click the door and then the door opens and then go back down and click move and then click the door and you'll move into that room. Um, the, the commands you have to use are fairly fairly limiting. So you've got the move command, which is very obvious. It'll move you around uh, the map 
once you find other doorways out of the room you're in. Uh, examine, which is the one you, you probably are going to use the most because when you walk in any new room, you pretty much examine every single thing you can to see what's a usable item and what's just background. Uh, open, used for opening doors, boxes, anything that could open, you use that. Uh, a use command, which is kind of the take-all for I want to do something with this thing in my inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave, which I never used. Actually, that's not true. I did use it one time. There's there's one time you need to use leave, uh, and that's to put an item in your, in, from your inventory into the room. Now, I, I thought that would be a lot more useful because there are actually places on the map where it says you, sh- you can leave things here that you don't need. But I kept trying to leave things I didn't need, and it would keep telling me I can't leave that there. So there, <laughs> there's only one spot where there's an obvious plate that you have to put something on. And I used leave there, and it finally worked. Uh, the take command, obviously, that you take things. Close. Uh, you can close anything you can open. There's really no reason to close most things, except that uh, once you've opened a container, for example, like a dresser drawer, if you don't close mm-hmm. that dresser drawer, you have to keep flipping back and forth in your inventory screens, which, because you're doing it with a directional pad and an arrow, it's insanely slow and tedious. Uh, hit, uh, which is uh, much like Goonies 2, a very obvious thing. You can hit random things for no reason. Uh, and then speak. Speak lets you use the magic spells that you start with. Uh, well, you don't actually start with them technically, but spells you get early on in the game, and uh, and that lets you use those pretty much as many times as you want to. Unlike, unlike uh, I'm playing a game called Enchanter that's one of the Infocom games right now, and those spells you can only use once if they're on a scroll, or you can memorize them, but then you can still only use them one time. This, thankfully, if you've learned a spell in this, and there's only a handful of them, but you can use that spell over and over again, and if you're in the wrong place, it just pretty much says, hey, nothing happened, but at least you can do it. Mm. Now, Billy, I, I know you said you didn't finish it. Did you did you play around with the spells at all, or did you just find them to be a nuisance because you couldn't get to where they needed to do something? I found them to be a bit of a nuisance. Uh, yeah, I found very little, very little use for them uh, al- along the way. Um I, I really, I didn't find a use for half the things in my inventory. And another thing, one of the reasons that first ghost is so easy to take down, besides the fact that it's called ghost spray, is that at that point in time, you don't have a lot in that inventory of yours. I found that I picked up a lot of shit over the course of this game. Uh, things that I, I never got to use, uh, or things that maybe I, were were easy to use, I just did not know where to do it, uh, or... I don't know, but my inventory got very large over the course of this game to an annoying extent. It's that's, extreme. You know, that's, uh, my thing is, you were you're talking about the different commands. Uh, I remember when I rented this as a kid, and the first time I, I started moving that mouse cursor around and was like, what the hell is this? Because I'd never actually used a computer. Um, so that was brand new to me, mm-hmm. uh, to have that, an actual cursor in a game. Uh, I, I instantly instantly was like, I think I'm in over my head. With, with this game <laughs> but you know I, and I stuck to it but it was definitely one of those things uh, being that this was the first time I had ever seen a game like this or played a game like this mm-hmm. I just didn't I couldn't comprehend what the hell I was doing it was just you know I'd get these things okay what do I do with this thing I, I have no clue you know it was just a lot of blind wandering around um, this time I like I said I, I knew a little bit more of what I needed to do because I've played adventure games uh, at, at this mm-hmm. point not too many but I'd can can try my best and um you know there's there's definitely some of those things where it's just like you you find stuff uh there's like the the spider spray of course when you find the the spider walking across the um mm-hmm. the the beam you know well that's obviously what that's for but then you, it just seems like you start getting just a lot of junk uh, just it just starts piling up like you said and and it can get overwhelming because 
you can use them on anything. And there's very little hints that I found anyway. Maybe there's there's more hints in the game that I just didn't notice as to where to actually use this stuff. And I just ended up doing my old thing of trying everything on everything in the room. Uh, and usually, it, you know, something would work out. But um, that's not my ideal way of, of playing an adventure game. I just I don't really have fun of just blindly using things on things and hoping for the best. It's definitely an old style, even for a graphic text adventure, it's an old style method where mm -hmm. there's a lot of useless items. There's a ton of red herrings in this game, um, not literal red herrings in this case, just a lot of things in the game that are thrown in there so that you could fool around with them and try to figure out what to do, even though they'll never, ever, ever be useful. There, there's at least one door in this game that is locked that will never unlock, and it doesn't matter what you do, it will never ever unlock and you can try to do things all day long find other keys find other methods that think you think they make sense for example these are just wooden doors at one point you have this giant metal axe you find you're like well I'll just chop that door down well of course that doesn't work if so all the keys would be useless so it doesn't let you do that but but there's a there's a handful of things in this game that are just there to drive you crazy and and there's even more things that are there just because they wanted to make this house look like it's a house that there could be people and things in. So, for example, you go to a kitchen at one point, and there's frying pans on the wall and pots you can take and knives and all this other great stuff, and not one of those items is useful. There oh, are shit. tons of bottles all around the house <laughs> with different colored liquids and, and different, like... I'm trying to like towels that had different materials on them. Like you pick up a towel in one bathroom and it's like, this is a clean towel. And you go to another bathroom and you pick up a towel and it's like, this towel is dirty and has blood all over it. And you figure that's since they let you take it in your inventory, you can use it. I mean, I, I grew up playing these kind of games, but then, you know, along with these, I played like the Sierra Quest games and the, you know, we talked about Maniac Mansion and, and Monkey Island. All those games mm -hmm. are very sparing with items. In Monkey Island specifically and, and Maniac Mansion, if you can use, if you can pick up an item, it's probably useful. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's what I was thinking with this. Well, Maniac Mansion is different than most of these because there were multiple ways to finish that game. So there were things if you picked up, you know, a set of tools, if you didn't have a character that could fix things, those mm -hmm. tools are not going to help you. In mm -hmm. that game, I kind of understood why there were extra items. But but a Maniac Mansion, not Maniac Mansion, like a, a Monkey Island is much more direct. You have one character, there's really one path through the game. So any item you can pick up is most likely useful. Even most of those um, Infocom games, they. There's definitely a lot of things that are not necessary or optional, but a lot of those things still can be used for things, or at least they have interesting flavor text, or, or there's a reason for them to be there. Where this game, I mean, by the end of the game, and that's my other complaint with it, my only complaint with the interface is really the inventory system, because you can only have six items on each page. I think there's unlimited pages, but it's a slow turning the page to the mm -hmm. next item. So if you're trying to find yeah. one specific thing... You know, you're going to flop through eight pages to find it, and then you got to flop all the way back to the other page if you're trying to go to your spells because there's no quick spell page. It's just, yeah, I go back through all my inventory, and the first page of my inventory is a spell I need. <clears throat> That's, uh, again, I don't know if that would be as bad with a mouse. Uh, it's definitely probably a very specific complaint to the NES version of this. But that's my only major complaint with the interface. I, I mean, this is, if you're not into games like this, it's not going to change your mind because it's still yeah. very stiff. Some of the puzzles. I don't think this game is hard for this kind of game by any means. Like I said, I, I was able to map out the game 
pretty much fully before I had to look up any help. And then when I did find the help, it was one of those deals where it's like, I kind of wanted to do that, but I didn't know specifically how I had to tell the game to do this thing I wanted to do. Um, the, the house itself and the direct outside uh, section, there's a backyard section. So the house itself has a one, one large floor at the bottom, one slightly smaller floor on top, and then you can go to the backyard, which has um, three different buildings in it, uh, a church building, a... I think it's called the Magic Terrium or something like that. For the, like it has like an observatory <laughs> and some other stuff in it, and then a greenhouse. Uh, and the only other part, and that that's a forty square map roughly. It's it's not incredibly large. It's got some some definite complexity, but it's still pretty easy to map out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, behind those three buildings, uh, through the church, uh, there is a maze, and the maze is is fairly big. The maze is probably. Uh, at least twice as big as the rest of the game, but it's also much, much more empty, and it's much more of a direct maze where you could map it out in almost automatic squares. It's it's not very confusing if you map it out, but if you didn't map it out, that is a long, long maze. And Billy, I'm assuming you didn't get to the maze. I did not get to the maze. I uh, no. <laughs> no, probably not even close. Um, yeah, I was having a lot of the the trouble you were saying there. It's just. Uh, Shit, as a kid, I would not have lasted. I don't have a lot of attention span now. I had even less then. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's like you're talking with the inventory, the flipping through. Probably with a mouse, I mean, you would have just clicked a few times and you would have been through it in seconds. It's just little things here and there that just added kind of unnecessary time to the game. And I just, it, it really dragged for me. I, I liked a lot of it. I liked the, the you know, the visuals. Uh, the text uh it even has a little fucking humor to it which i was very pleased about uh but yeah it just got to the point to where i I knew i was in over my head when i was in the uh in the that main room and i was just trying every fucking thing there was and i i threw a, a box into a fireplace and that was what i was supposed to do and it gave me an item from out of the box and it's that point in time where i said to myself it's going to be like that it's going to be one of those things where i'm just going to be picking every single thing and matching it up with with everything on the screen to see what works and and I really started to fade out then uh, and I really started trying to to look up help for it uh, I, I got you know fairly far through the house I traversed both the floors you know I made it out out and about a bit I didn't get to the maze uh, but yeah I just it, it just it's one of those that just dragged too much for me and I I, and you have to devote some time to this thing if you play in the way I did, which is completely clueless and just clicking on every fucking thing there is. I, I didn't get to the maze. Like I said, I, I got to the point like right uh, before you get to the backyard. Uh, but I did did look through a video mm-hmm. and it, it seems like you you def- definitely meet uh, quite a few enemies, not a quite a few, but, you know, a few enemies mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, maze. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to figure out how to get by them. And just some of these uh, solutions, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously I, there's no way I could have got through this with, without looking up help. There's they just seem a little bit too too obscure uh, for for me to really have any patience of, of flipping through those pages, uh, trying every item, and even you know when I see the solution, the solution doesn't make any sense. You know it, it does not. If it was something that I was like, oh, you know, I, I could totally see that yeah sense um it it just doesn't you know and and that's that's what really bothers me with a lot of these things it's uh i know with the you meet this giant tomato in the maze 
And, you know, you've got all of these different things that you can use on this giant tomato monster thing. But instead of using, you know, all this other stuff that you've collected, knives, all this crap, you have to use a bird in a cage to make the, the tomato monster go after the bird. Well, of course and, you do. <laughs> and I'm just like, Come I would have never thought of that. And that's actually something you have to do on a previous screen was catch the bird so that you could use it. on. It, it's just all over the place. It is of its time. You know, if, if you played these games back in the 80s, you're probably just like, oh, you know, you're just not understanding. But it's these these uh, solutions are very, very obscure, even even for the adventure games uh, of those times. Now, I will tell you, Jeremy, that the bouncing tomato thing, that is they specifically tell you in the maze itself there are all these tombstones and signs and other things and the signs mm-hmm. at least on the nintendo version uh do have some hints to what to do in certain parts of the game on them mm-hmm. uh for oh, example okay. uh in the a previous tombstone on that that maze section you get uh the pendant can protect you from the undead now this is a side note this is something the nintendo version did that thankfully uh because this would have probably caused me to decide halfway through this review to call you guys and cancel it. Uh, at the very <laughs> beginning of the game, you have to open the mailbox outside of the house because otherwise the door doesn't open. Once you open the mailbox and you get the letter from whoever and the pendant, mm-hmm. once you pull that pendant out of the envelope, the door opens you can go in the house. The original version, you didn't have to do that. You could just go in the front of the house and the door closes. Oh, You're shit. never allowed to go back outside again. And you cannot finish this game without that pendant. Because well, in the main, they use it on oh. that uh, skeleton, isn't it? You will use the pendant on all the. There's um, zombies that are inside the maze, and yeah. if you use the pendant on those zombies, it will get rid of them. What a dirty ass thing to do! And yeah, you that, wouldn't that, know that until you get to that, that point. Oh, that's how you put a game down and never pick that fucker up again. <laughs> and that's not unheard of for these kind of games. And, and I, I, unfortunately, that I hate it when it happens every time. I hate when you pass a gate of no return and you don't realize it until you've gotten way farther. And in this case. You know, especially if I would have played this as a kid and hadn't mapped all this out and hadn't really known, I would have just assumed I missed the pendant somewhere or that that clue was, you know, a false clue to, to throw oh. you off or whatever. Um, but in that maze as well, there was a, a one of the stones said the bouncing creature loves things that fly. So I oh, knew okay. it was a bird. But oh, again, this game, uh, when you're walking in the backyard to get to these three buildings, there's also a moment where a bird flies across the screen and it gives you the text like a bird just flew by or a hawk just flew by or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I spent easily half an hour trying to catch that bird. I had a cage I got from a room. I tried to put any food items I had like on the ground. And of course, that didn't work. But I was like, what is this bird going to want? And I thought, well, I have an invisible spell. Maybe if I use the invisible spell myself, the bird will land on the ground and I can grab it. I mean, I was trying anything I could think of. You see to, what uh, this game does to you. So, okay, so before we get into where I looked up help specifically, and I don't know if you guys went that far as decided to watch a video at that point, or, or in Billy's case, just throw your hands up in the air and decide that next game would be a better game for you. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the whole story of this game 
you don't realize at the fr- at, at the start because it doesn't tell you. But you're supposed to go into this house and essentially uh, destroy some sort of like occult wizard who's got this whole house possessed. Save your sister and exit. You don't realize, you know, when you start, you know you're supposed to find your sister, but that's all you really know you're trying to do. So after you go through this maze and and you get some more items, you find these caves underneath. Uh, the Magicterium, or whatever it's called, and those caves is where the wizard was frozen in ice, and so you have to find a way to thaw the wizard out of the ice and dispose of his body before he wakes back up again. And that will get rid of the wizard, and then you find your sister hidden in the house in a room you couldn't have found before, save your sister, and leave. It's it's a pretty... I mean, once you know the, the solution to this game, you could probably finish this in... I, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, because a lot of the items that you picked up don't really do anything at all but that said i easily spent probably four hours on this before i threw in the towel and looked up any hints at all and i tried to i don't know if you guys even bother with this but when i find a game like this that i'm stuck in i don't want to just find the solution so there are actually sites where they have the equivalent of what the hint book was which is like Mm -hmm. it'll give you a series of hints instead of just saying like what do i do with that tomato Feed it a bird that you'll find in a room next to it. Instead, it says like, "I bet that bird is hungry." I bet that tomato is hungry. Uh, what does that tomato? Or I bet that tomato is bored. What's that tomato like to do? I bet there was a sign somewhere that said what that tomato likes. Like it, it gives you a bunch of hints. Till eventually, the last one's like, "Use the bird, idiot." So it gives you a, a series of uh, increasingly direct hints. And I tried not to go that far with any of them. But, but I, at one point, I couldn't get past um, the maze itself. I found the secret room in the maze which leads to where that tomato character thing is. Uh, and there was a locked series of cages in there. And I couldn't figure out how to unlock them. And there was also a locked, uh, the locked chest in the master bedroom. Uh, that, that's very obvious what you're supposed to do there because there's actually a note in the room that says, um, I think it says like the, the, the key to this is hidden in a couch or something like that. And you cut the couch open and find the key. I did that. But for whatever reason, I never went back to the master bedroom with that key, and I used it in the um, the parlor room where you open up the the, uh, the you open up one of the cabinets in there, and you get like a doll. <laughs> so I, I yeah. got the doll, and I, I used the key. And for whatever reason, I thought, well, that's how you use that key. And I never tried it again on anything. I never found any other keys at that point. So I just assumed I was missing keys to open these other rooms. So when I looked up the hints for well, how do I open these things up? It's like you have the master key. And I'm like, it's a master key? They don't call it master Ooh. key. They call it key right. one. Mm-hmm. Then you think that's the only use. For this. So that, that was my own stupidity. But that was the first thing I looked up. Uh, I also, in that, in that process, when I opened up and I, I found that doll, I was like, then what the hell do you use the doll for? This is another difference from... Did you find out what to do with the doll, Jeremy? No, huh? So in the, the Macintosh version of this, you would just use the speak command on the doll, and the doll would talk to you and give you some hints. In this game, you have to find a spell called, cleverly, Doll Doll, and when you use that spell, the doll will tell you basically exactly what to do to get through the um, the chapel area and get to where the secret maze is. Oh. And that's the only way to get through that door, is to use the Doll Doll spell and then talk to the head. Uh, there's like a bust in the 
in the in the chapel area, you can use speak on the head and it'll open the door. But you wouldn't know to do that without using the doll. And that's something else I had looked at because I couldn't figure out what to do with the doll because I had two dolls and then I figured, well, maybe they do something with each other. But of course they don't. That would be that would make <laughs> sense. Why would you do that? That's ridiculous. Um, and then the only other thing I really looked up at that point, when you are wandering around the upstairs, you go to the guest bedroom and you go. Uh, there's a um, a picture that you you look at and it says like it looks like this picture's been slid away and you turn on the lamp because that for whatever reason moves the picture because that's the kind of game this is and then there's just a ghost standing there and i didn't know what to do to get past the ghost you do anything to him that's the wrong thing or try to grab the book that's in the the secret alcove behind the picture he'll he'll attack you and kill you do you know what you do to get that ghost away uh yes i do actually did you figure Um, this out on your own because i thought this was the dumbest solution in the game I, I enjoy at this point that he doesn't even ask me if I figured this out. It, it's it's known that I I, didn't I, I only figured it out because it was, I mean, it wasn't very far into the game. I didn't have a massive inventory at that point, so I I, I had the spider that I caught, and it was just one of those things that I was like, I'll just fucking try it. I don't care. Threw it at him. He's he's, he's out. Yeah, he's he gets to go. scared of a spider and runs away. It's it's one of the dumbest solutions uh, in the game. There, there's plenty of things I can I could say were difficult, but I would have eventually figured them out with trial and error. Um, there are several things you need to feed, much like using that spider on that on that ghost. There's many things you have to use wide for. I would have figured it out. The one that I had to look up is, uh, again, in that parlor room where, where the, uh, the chessboard and everything is, there's that dish on the floor. And then this little demon thing like runs across, dances across the screen several times, and yes. it even says how hungry he is. So I had found fruit... I had found, a, you know, a basket that had like an apple, a banana, and a, a pear or something. And yeah, I used all those things. Of course, he didn't want to eat those things. That those did, things didn't work. I found salami. I thought maybe he'd salami. No, he didn't eat any of those things. <laughs> it doesn't give you Who a hint. What salami? Jesus. It, well, no one uses the salami apparently. I thought maybe it was for me. I, I had no idea. I figured I'd get hungry. <laughs> but no. Got your own hot beef stick right there. <laughs> oh man, a thick hank, a big thick hank going on in there. The uh... <laughs> so I couldn't figure out to feed him, and it doesn't say like. What it should it should have given you a hint or something to say like hey this this demon is hungry it looks like he has a sweet tooth or something because all he wants is a cookie. Now you find two jars labeled cookies in different parts of the mansion, but those jars are empty. You also find flour and other cooking ingredients. So I thought, am I supposed to be baking cookies in that in that kitchen? So I tried to. Of course, none of that worked. You can't make cookies in the kitchen. You can't mix food items together. None of that shit works. Uh, you find a safe in the observatory area that you you then get a cookie jar that's unbreakable so you have to use your axe on that cookie jar to break it open ain't and us, get a cookie ain't that some shit that that was the one where i was like who the fuck would have thought of this this is ridiculous <laughs> i was i was watching a walk through at this point and this is officially when i stopped feeling bad i stopped feeling like maybe i'm a fucking moron here i was like no i i'm perfectly sane it is obviously this game that that has the troubles one well, and then the the solution to open the safe is is in my opinion a great puzzle because it's it's giving you it's a six digit code you're not sure what the digits would be uh you know the digits can be any any of the ten regular single digit numbers so it's not like it's you know one two and three are the only digits you can use or colors or anything mm-hmm. no it's it's a full six digit password you could try every number but that's some insane number of guesses so that's not a good idea but you'll find the clues in the mansion there's a a, a scroll that says uh, and I forgot exactly what it says, but it's basically like gold, silver, and mercury is the key or something like that. And then you find a card in a desk somewhere that has the uh, 
atomic numbers for each of those elements. So then you type in those numbers in that order, and that's the solution. Like, I was pretty impressed myself that I opened that, mm-hmm. that safe mm-hmm. up. And I open up, I get a cookie jar. And I was like, well, here's where I get a cookie. What do I do with this? And then, it, But it doesn't even say what it is. It just says the jar is labeled cookies, and you can hear something inside. But it's unopenable. So I'm like, what is this? I tried everything I could do to get open it until eventually I, I looked it up. It's like, use your axe. I'm like, why would anyone use an axe <laughs> on a cookie jar when I couldn't use it on a door, a wooden door that would make sense? There's definitely a few puzzles in there that I, I don't know how I would have figured out on my own. Uh, even if I tried everything, you know, the chances of me trying an axe on that cookie jar and knowing to give a cookie to that creature specifically, uh, mind-blowing. Uh, I will say once I got through that, once I got that creature... And I got his key, which opens the way to the caves and such. I, I finished the rest of the game with no tips. Like, I, that point was easy because it was just dealing with the the, the, the wizard's body and, and finding your sister and escaping. And it was pretty pretty straightforward at that point what you were supposed to do, in my at least in my opinion. Because a lot of the leftover items I had were obviously garbage items. You know, I'm not going to use an empty bowl to, to kill a wizard. So, it, it I, I mean... If you haven't played a game like this, I think this is actually not a bad starter uh, for this kind of game if you're determined to play it on a console, at least. Uh, I, I, th- I remember, I, and I'm beating Shadowrun, but again, that was definitely with hints. I know that was in Nintendo Power, and, and I knew other people that had finished it, so uh, I've seen the end of that, and I, and I beat that. I never played Deja Vu, uh, and I think this is not as easy as, as like Maniac Mansion, but... If you want a point-and-click adventure game on a console, this is probably the one to start with because it makes the most sense, but still has enough little puzzles that, that that would teach you, oh, that's how you play one of these games. You try the most ridiculous things you can, and maybe they work. Yeah, and and, and I mean, I've had uh, a lot of negative things to say, but this is it's a nice game. There's nothing wrong with this game. Um, obviously, the times we've dealt with games that, you know, would have benefited from from keyboard and mouse uh general chaos being one uh which this is a much better game than general chaos because that's the worst one we've ever done (laughs) um, still hold that trophy (laughs) yeah still holding it jeremy p he's he sure fucking tried but he hadn't taken it from you yet um but yeah uh, there's really nothing wrong with this game aside from some of the items some of the puzzles just being so damn obtuse but it's just it's a sign of the times i guess uh it's it's nice looking game uh a very immersive game for its time for for a game that's just a bunch of steel screens it can it can pull you in pretty good um I, I'm half tempted to go and just you know finish this thing up, see how little I can rely on on outside assistance, and and work my way through. Um, not a bad game, really. Uh, just just it's it's just weird. I, I just have a hard time with anything that obviously uh, is is more suited for PC when when it's ported over to a to a console. Yeah, it's uh, you know you're talking about recommending this i i don't know if i'd recommend it for anybody that was really wanting to get into the the adventure game genre first thing uh, i just you know these these kind of games just have not aged very well uh since then i mean it's it's great uh you know for nostalgia purposes and going back or maybe just seeing what type of game you know where the adventure game genre came from and where its roots were uh, especially right after just being nothing but text uh uh, this was obviously uh, an evolution of, of that type of game, uh, of just having the text and then moving to a more um, graphical use, user interface. Um, but at the same time, a lot of those things that, that made those adventure games back then so 
so impossible are right here in uninvited as well it's um like everybody said the the puzzles are incredibly obtuse there's just so many so many things that you can just try over and over for hours and just bang your head against a wall and you know when you do find the solution you don't feel stupid you just feel angry because it's it's very much just like oh how was i supposed to know i'd you know throw a bottle of beans at the wall and a fucking safe would appear and a light would turn on or some shit like that uh it's it's just things that that seem completely random now i love any sort of adventure game where it, it has very good puzzles things are you know you you can think them out you were talking about the the code for the safe i love stuff like that Mm -hmm. i I feel incredibly uh you know vindicated or or rewarded when i do figure things out like that but as far as like when i just do something at random like i said like that spider when i just threw it at that guy and and it it solved it i was like (laughs) i just there's there's no sense of accomplishment to it i just just laughed i was just like you you can't (laughs) they can't do that that's that's the thing. It's insane. Why would that ghost be afraid of that spider? I don't know. Um, but it just seemed like something that was uh, completely at random. And there's a lot of puzzles in this game that do that. Uh, but still, uh, if you're going to play this, I would highly recommend not playing it on the NES. Definitely maybe play it on the Mac or, or something uh, that can emulate uh, the original game. Because it is a it's a much easier game to play uh, on, on that system than it is playing it on the NES and fumbling around with its... It's horrible little cursor and and it's pages upon pages of slow moving inventory uh it it's not the ideal way to play it so i i would recommend i think the uninvited is still a a really neat game from its time uh very few games back then that actually had kind of a a survival horror or any any sort of sort of horror setting uh that did it so well especially with with the descriptions and everything like that um but yeah i mean it's it's still neat as a relic uh, I, I just don't know if I would tell anybody that's like, man, I really want to get into adventure games. I, w- I would not tell them to start with, with Uninvited. Yeah, I'm not sure if people that hadn't played these sort of games previously would be interested in it. I mean, I, I love I, I loved this game. I, I like playing these games. This made me want to go out and, and I think I'm going to try Deja Vu now on my own and see how far I can get with it. I like these kind of games a lot. So uh, in the in this kind of game, this is actually a, a fairly straightforward one. It does have some puzzles that are a little bit out there, but it's not. I, you know, I looked up three hints that I really can honestly say I I needed, and and the one about the key. I honestly think if I had more time, I would have just tried that key again and been like, oh, it's a master key. I'm an idiot. I should have known that, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, you know, that said, I I can totally agree. I I don't know if this is the right way to play this game. Uh, you know, if, if you only have an NES in 2017 and you want to play a game like this, I mean, good for you, but uh, there's there's a million better versions of games like this that you can find, uh, you know, even this game specifically in other ports. So uh, this may not be the one for you. But that said, if you, if you like this sort of game and you do want to play it on an NES because it does give you a few more tips, it's a little bit easier than the Mac one, uh, then definitely give it a shot. I, I love this game and uh, can't recommend it enough. Uh, 
Jeremy has way more patience for games than me and Billy do, apparently. He does. He does. Well, yeah, but I'm bad at anything that's Twitch-related. You want to play a fighting game? You want to see a guy give up on a fighting game in 13 seconds? That's this guy right here. <laughs> play me in Street Fighter after one round, i I think we mentioned before, I, I think it's just, you know, you, you definitely grew up with PC, uh, you know, as your standard thing, well, you know, other than console and... And, you know, I was strictly, con- I didn't even touch a computer until I was in junior high, which is probably sounds insane for anyone listening to this. But um, you know, that, that was all just uh, completely just I, I couldn't even put wrap my head around it when I first played it. Well, I was definitely a console guy, but but again, I didn't get a lot of systems until way later. I didn't have an NES until probably 1988. Uh, we, we had. We picked all the systems that died. So at the same time that Nintendo was released, they put out the 7800. I guarantee you, I had that, and it got all of eight games, and they were terrible. But uh, but that's 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 how I live. Uh, but we had a PC, a great PC that that played a lot of cool games. So I did play a lot of these sort of games. Um, but the next game we're going to cover, not at all on a on a on a PC. It's a console classic. This is our 50th episode. So I'd really... 50. We, we can order off the Denny Senior Citizen oh, menu now. This is great. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, both Jeremys have been able to do that for quite some time. <laughs> and it's sad because we're nowhere near the right age. We just look pretty haggard. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'll take a discount when I can get one. Uh, we, we voted on it. We tried to decide what would be a good game to cover. You know, I, I wanted to, to cover something that was kind of iconic, but not... You know, I didn't want to do Super Mario Brothers 2, uh, so it was nice to kind of bounce it back and forth. We decided we're going to do the Earthworm Jim series, but specifically uh-huh. the first two. We will probably discuss Earthworm Jim 3D in a very short uh, short summary, uh, but I can summarize it now as don't play Earthworm Jim 3D. Uh, but we'll get into all that next episode, uh, which will be great. So from here on, this is now... Uh, where I'd say if you're not interested in hearing about Persona 5, you should probably stop this podcast, and we will see you in two weeks with Earthworm Jim. <laughs> and uh, I am, I, I'm going to, I have never played a single Persona game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be quiet, I think. I'm going to interject if I think friendships are about <laughs> to be ruined. Well, I'm going to try to keep this short, because we're already, we're already at almost an hour. Let's keep this under five minutes. And, and I just... <laughs> I thought you were gonna say five hours. Under like, five. Oh, well, that's a whole other podcast. We can start the the Jeremy versus Jeremy Persona cast, and that will have no <laughs> listeners. But I'm all about doing this. Uh, so you're you're at the end of the first real dungeon. So it's the Kamashita, I think. Yes. The gym teachers' missions. So here's a bunch of spoilers about Persona Five for everyone. Uh, at least up to where Jeremy got to. I don't want to give away too much to ruin the game for him. But if you don't want to hear about Persona Five again, please turn it off. But but Jeremy's maybe. 10 hours into this unless he's really been hanging out doing nothing but he should now, be I'm about I think uh, my in-game timer is eight hours and 15 minutes okay right so we're not ruining much right now but I will tell you that you you definitely have the least interesting characters in your party right now there are some okay. better ones that show up much like persona 4 I'd say that the stock characters you start with I was not a big fan of I didn't dislike them but I was like okay sure these guys are fine and then the characters I really liked I got later I liked uh, in persona 4 uh, Naoto I thought was one of the best characters in this game very similar you get uh, a couple other characters later on that I think are by far the best characters in fact thankfully in persona 5 depending on how you spend your free time you can develop a social link that will help you make sure that all your characters are getting experience in battle even if you're not using them so you can avoid using those characters you don't care for unless you need their ability specifically which persona 4 didn't do that and persona 3 definitely didn't do that on persona 3 i think i have three characters in my that i in my party at the end of the game that have like six levels on them because i never use them because i hated them 
So this game does, the characters do get better. So if that's the only thing holding you back, you will probably want to continue on. Okay. I mean, I'm, I, I am anyway. Uh, there's just, I, I'm forced to use what I have right now. And uh, none of them have, have really grabbed me. Uh, you know, I'm going to throw out what actually really got me with this with this one. And it's something that I hate in, in movies and books. It, it's just a personal uh, pet peeve of mine. Uh, and that is uh, the whole, the story starts at the end. And yeah. I just, I hate when things do that. I cannot stand when things do that. Because it, it's, I already know where the destination is. I'm sure there's going to be more uh, that, that starts, you know, the persona five starts off with, uh, you getting going, you're, you're doing a, a heist or something and you get caught and, and now you're being, the story takes place as you're being interviewed by a detective and it, it cuts away to that every now and again. And it's like, you're telling the story of how you got to that part. I hate when things do that. It instantly put me off to that game, but that's just me being crazy. Well, it's an interesting narrative choice for the game. I, I didn't at first, it didn't bother me because the intro that you're talking about when you're doing that heist is also a, a very thinly veiled tutorial. So it, it teaches you how to play the game, how you, you know how you navigate through the action sections, how you use cover fairly effectively, all the things that you wouldn't necessarily know if they threw you right into a dungeon, right? So I didn't mind right. that, but then yes, it's while after that first part, it throws you back into that interrogation room over and over again as you try to as you hit checkpoints in the story and also as you meet new people and and that was the ones i could deal with it for the story checkpoints because i think it flows into those much nicer but i think mm-hmm. the 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 checkpoints or you know when it, whenever you meet new people that are part of your social links for example um i, I don't want to say too many things so there's there's a a politician you meet who's just on the street corner yelling you know, his, his message at people. And he's a person that if you talk to enough times and you do a few things, all of a sudden he has you, you know, if you want to, you can hang out with him more and learn how to use your oratory skills, which help you in battle to some level. Uh, but it also helps you with a social link to him and he has his own personal story or whatever. But it's, yeah, once you make that link with him, then all of a sudden it goes back and she's like, I bet you knew somebody who was helping you with your oratory skills. Who was it? And you're like, <laughs> okay. I mean, it, yeah. it's not like that this detective would would know that you were talking to a politician to help you because the what he does what he offers you in game as help is is really cool but it's nothing that this detective would know ever because it's something that happens in the the metaverse slash dream world that the this detective doesn't know anything about that so she would have any idea that you met this person and it threw me out of the story when that happened because it happened for me at least i made a lot of social links at a certain point in the game probably right after where you are uh, as i had some downtime and in, in the game as far as progressing the story for because you have to wait for certain dates of the calendar and so i was hanging out and doing things and finding people and, and i found a lot of links and it kept throwing me out of the game every time mm-hmm. I'm like, come on yeah but but that definitely is a, a weird choice for the story but I, I think you will get past that maybe i don't know i i've seen some complaints that the game's kind of easy compared to four and especially three in the earlier titles in the series i don't think it's necessarily too easy it's it's easier though there were no points where i really, really got thrown against any the wall problems with i mean it seems challenging enough. I mean, I'm not just blazing through uh, that first dungeon at all. You know, I'm having to to get out every few floors and uh, then go back in uh, because you you know your uh, whatever whatever it is your not your HP but the other thing. 
I mean, your magic power used the magic power MP uh, SP. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, unless you've got specific items for that, that will constantly drain over the course of the dungeon. So you have to get out. Um, but it's uh, it seems you know so far it seems challenging enough. Again, I'm not very far into it. Uh, it's just uh, it, it it I think it disappointed me just because it didn't grab me uh, just just the way the Persona Four did and, and just how. I constantly wanted to play that. You know, I put dozens and dozens of hours into that without even thinking. And uh, this one, you know, I'm really having to just like, oh, okay, let me let me go back in here and see what these assholes are up to. What this this old man in this coffee shop yell at me and tell me how he's gonna put me in fucking jail again because I'd come home an hour late or something. Uh, I, I think it's the overall tone uh in, in the early in the game is is what what's kind of putting me off. And again, I it's it's something that probably gets better as it goes but uh uh everything else i mean i absolutely love so far i mean it just looks amazing and the music everything about it is is so good and i think that's what's making me so angry is just like man i should be loving this uh but again it just feels like i'm just going back in and being like god well maybe i can get a few more floors in this one well i i do agree i don't think it's as refined as persona 4 was i think that was a a better game overall i mean i i still like five i think it's it's better in some ways i think it's easier to pick up in a lot of ways i think four took a lot longer to get into i remember when i first started playing persona 4 at your recommendation i I think i (laughs) sent you a message like i've been playing this for six hours and i've seen no combat i've seen nothing i've hung out in high schools and i've taken tests and i don't understand what i'm doing uh, or why this is fun but it, it picked up this doesn't wait to throw you into the action uh, no, so it it's, it's, it does a really good job for for a JRPG as as far as like getting you in there and getting you going, um, but at the same time it's also throwing a lot at you very quickly. Um, there's a lot of things that that it throws at you that you won't even be using for quite a while later that I'll just forget about. Um, like it was talking about um, oh when you get a get an enemy down to the point where you can talk to it or, uh, you know, reason with it or, or do an all-out attack. Um, it was telling me that, and it, it did it so quickly, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, that I didn't understand what the hell it was telling me. And it wasn't until, like, a few hours later till I realized, you know, it's just a matter of, of you know, it'll happen if you get it down and, and use a, a strong attack or something like that. Um, but there's just a lot of times where I'm just like, I don't, I don't really know what you're trying to tell me here and I don't I can't really use it right now so it's not really important to me so stop telling me uh it's just a lot of little things like that 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 kind of just just I don't know bug me well we've broken our five minute mark and I hopefully I've convinced you to push your way through a little farther but I do promise anyone who made it this far in uh we'll never discuss Persona 5 again on this show (laughs) I'll do that off air I just uh I didn't. I could not let this episode end without getting back into that a little bit. So thank no, you for, uh, for humoring it, me, everybody. <laughs> and uh, next time, I promise we'll not discuss Persona Five for episode fifty about the Earthworms Gym series, uh, both on Genesis and on Super Nintendo. Uh, maybe we'll play different versions of them just to compare them, but they're generally the same. Uh, unlike a lot of ports that were on both systems, they're they're fairly similar. I think there's some minor control differences, but I think that's just what you're used to. So, so what you're saying is we should spend the majority of the episode talking about Earthworm Jim 3D. Yes, I mean, we should talk the, the entire true time about 3D. Earthworm Jim, and uh, and the cartoon show. It's going to be a great episode. Yes. I hope everyone enjoys that. Uh, so until then, please check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, see if we have new videos and on YouTube, all at Retrovania.net, and we will see you next time.